On this episode of the Advanced Foundations Podcast, hearing God will take you on an exciting journey of growing in fellowship with Him and walking in His ways as you respond to His voice. Welcome to Hear and Obey. This is session three. I hope you have listened to the first two. Uh, Our belief is that God speaks to us as His children. Uh, Last session talked about the importance of the Holy Spirit. Because it's really, we say we hear God or we've got a word from God. It's by the Spirit. The Spirit is the one that's communicating to us. He's the one that we're relating to. Uh, I'm not meeting with Jesus. He's at the right hand of the Father. Uh, The Father is communicating through the Spirit. And we talked about Jesus actually modeled for us. He himself did nothing until the Holy Spirit came upon him. Uh, He was empowered by the Spirit. He was anointed of the Spirit. So he modeled for us what does it look like to be a man or woman uh, anointed of the Holy Spirit and listening and hearing and obeying God. And that's really what God wants for us. Jesus modeled that for us. And now he's saying, look, you want to do that? I want to speak to you. It's by my Spirit. So I encourage you, uh, be sure you've gone back through those first two sessions. Now, this particular uh, chapter 3, or foundations for hearing God. And we could talk about a lot of different things. I have just outlined here some things I think are very, very important. Number one, you have to know God's Word. When Jesus came, He preached the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of a king. His name is Jesus. But why it's so different is because we live in a natural realm that's been perverted with sin and sickness and all kinds of messed things But God has come, and Jesus is the Word of God, and He's come and He's brought His Word, and He he speaks to us through His Word. He communicates through His Word. He's already spoken. So I don't have to go get a Word from God. He's already spoken. He's given us His Word. So I need to know His vocabulary. If I went to a foreign land and I didn't know their language, Uh, communication is really difficult. And so what happens is when you're born again, we've been living in this world according to this world, and all of a sudden you're born again, you're brought in the kingdom of God. It says, my sheep hear my voice. (laughs) But he wants us to develop that sensitivity to his presence and learn how to hear him. But I need to learn his vocabulary. This is his word. He has spoken to us. He has given us what he, he wants us to know his word. The better you know his word, the better you know him. And the better you know him, the better you're able to hear him. Okay? Well, one more time. The word is absolutely the foundation for knowing the word of God. God never, you'll never get a word from God that is conflicting, contradictory, that is something that is not in Scripture. So and there's a lot of things that he can speak to you about certain things, but I'm just saying it won't violate Scripture, the spirit of what God is saying to us. Psalm 1, 1 through 3, he says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You know, that's 
that's enough right there to just stop and just say, okay, I, I don't need some more verses, but there are plenty of others. Uh, the Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. You may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Now, who doesn't want to have good success and be prosperous? I mean, seriously. So what we're talking about here is that foundational issues of hearing God, you have to know God's word. His word, uh, Isaiah 55, the rain comes down, the snow from heaven, it doesn't return there, but waters the earth, makes it bring forth its bud, it gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So bottom line is God wants us to understand that the foundation for hearing him is to know his vocabulary, his word. The better you know his word, the better you know him, the better you know him, the better you can hear from him. So there are five basic levels that I want to talk about you need to understand. Number one, to truly know God's word, you're going to, the easiest level, you got to hear it. You're listening to me share today. That's level one. And if you want to grow, you got to go to level two. You got to start reading the word for yourself. So you've got to find a version that you can read uh, you can certainly, there are so many Bible programs now. There are, there are a number of apps that are out there available that are free. I mean, you can go there. You can read all these various versions of the Bible. Um, but, I, but you have to start initiating yourself. I'm, I'm glad you're listening today. I'm glad you're listening to what we're sharing. But you, you've got to not only listen to the preacher preaching the word, the, the, the messages on the internet, but you've got to go and learn how to read the word for yourself. To continue to grow, you've got to learn how to study the Word. Again, I encourage you to go to the, the Internet. There are lots of apps there that you can get, applications that are basically, you can help you to study the Word. You can break down the Greek and the Hebrew. You can look for the different, uh, what those words really meant, what they mean. And what happens is that you can study, and once you start reading and you start a basic study, you begin to look at these scriptures and look up some of the words, it comes, it comes more alive to you. Then you really, as you continue to go over the word, you need to memorize the word. And ultimately, the meditation is not Eastern meditation. What meditation is, is thinking on a passage or word over and over and over again. Now, if you want to be established in the word, you're going to have to spend some time doing that. This is his vocabulary. It's just a personal story. When we started the church years ago, I was praying and people kept asking me, am I the pastor? And I kept saying, I'd go to the Lord. I'd go, Lord, am I the pastor? Am I, am I the pastor? And he, I, what I felt like he was saying to me, feed my sheep, shepherd my flock. It's okay. But I, but I kept asking, am I the pastor? Well, this goes on for quite some time. Actually, probably a month or so. And then finally one day I realized as I was reading the scripture, I realized that, hmm, pastor as a person is only mentioned one time in the New Testament. That's in Ephesians chapter four. And I'm going, wow, I'm asking for a title and God is telling me what he wants me to do. Now, what I didn't realize is that he was speaking to me, his word, 
I'm asking a question. He's responding according to his word. I didn't know his word well enough to know. From the moment that I asked, his response was the same. Feed my sheep, shepherd my flock. I go, oh, I'm asking for a job description, a title, and you're telling me what to do. God's more interested in what we do than just giving us a title. So anyway, as soon as he said that, he goes, and the emphasis on they're my sheep and they're my flock. So keep your hands off. But the point is, is that you got to know his vocabulary. I didn't know his vocabulary. I'm asking for certain things. He want, he's answering me according to his word. So here's the key. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't want us to try to change him. He wants to change us. Now, this, the next thing is you got to believe that God wants to speak to you. I don't know how else to say this, but if you don't believe, nothing's going to happen. The bottom line is, is that Hebrews eleven six said, without faith, it's impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is, he is what? He's God. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what he's saying here is that, look, you cannot please God without believing that he is God. That, that you, He wants you to diligently seek him, not seek his hand, not seek what he can do, not even seeking getting a word. He wants us to seek him. And there's there's a faith issue that you got to believe he is who he says that he is. And so you got to believe, number one, that he wants to speak to us. Uh, Hebrews 12, 2 said, looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Romans 10, 17 says, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All of this is basically saying that you got to believe that God really wants to communicate with you, that he really wants to speak to you. Now, again, God knows his word, but there's this little part here, you've got to believe that he really does want to communicate to you. We've shared scripture after scripture after scripture of God communicating with his people. You've got to believe that God wants to speak to you personally. The next one here is learning to perceive God correctly. This is such an important issue. James Ryle, again, and out of the same seminar that we went, I went to years ago, this is a quote. He says, what one believes God to be like will determine the kind of message that he received as a word from the Lord. Now, why this is so important is because how you perceive Father God, communication is so important. If you perceive God as a tyrant or angry, uh, you're probably not going to really want to press in and get too many words from him. I mean, it's like, wow, I don't know that I really want to, I don't want to hear from you. So how do we get the proper perspective? Well, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So, I mean, it's, it's time for us to recognize that, wait a minute, God Almighty put on flesh, Jesus, and dwelt among us so we could behold his glory. So all of a sudden, when Jesus tells his disciples, guys, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, they're going, what? Yeah. They're going, wait a minute, you can't see God and live. Right, I put on flesh so you could see me. So what he does is he reveals the very nature of the Father. So we've got to understand Colossians uh, 1.15 says he is the image of the invisible God. He's the exact representation because he is God. Um, Hebrews chapter 1 says basically the same thing. He is the, he is the exact replica. He is, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. So you want to know what the Father is like, look at Jesus. How do you do that? Read 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the Gospels. Read it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you into truth. Reveal the, the Father through the Son and ask Him to help you. Now, one of the ways to do this, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, hopefully, if you've been in church at all, you would know this, this chapter. <clears throat> this is the love chapter, talking about how much we need the love of God. I want to begin reading in verse 4 of chapter 13. It says, <clears throat> love suffers long. It's kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Doesn't behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Now, in 1 John, uh, and we've got this here in the manual, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not know love does not know God, for God is love. If God is love, and we're talking about that agape love, the laying your life down love, you can put God in place of love in this whole, in this entire passage I just got through read. So if God is love, then he suffers long. He's patient. He's kind. He's not envious. He doesn't parade around. He's not arrogant. He's not selfish. He's not rude. Never seeks his own. Not provoked. Not irritable. Doesn't think any evil or bad. Doesn't rejoice in injustice. Rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, because God never fails, because love never fails. Now, I just want you to think about that for just a moment. We're going to pray here at the end, but wow, how you see God really affects so much. That's why the enemy does everything possible to, to pervert your natural father and try to use him who should be an example of a heavenly father, but to use him as a he has done so much to destroy the family unit, and especially fathers. No excuse for bad behavior, but the point is that's why the enemy so attacks the father, uh, because it. So we were, we do project our earthly father's image under our heavenly father. So you've got to get that right. So you've got to know the word of God. You've got to believe that God wants to speak to you. And thirdly, is how do you see God? This, these are foundational issues. Because again, if you don't see God as a loving Heavenly Father, you're not going to get a loving Heavenly Father word. Uh, and so it's so very, very important. The next one, number four, is being a good listener. We've got to learn how to listen. Again, that's still small voice. Uh, if you're in a crowd and you're trying to hear a still small voice, it's hard to hear. And so what we're saying here is it's so important to be able to recognize that, wow, what God is doing is that he is not yelling and screaming at us. You know, good communication is never people yelling and screaming at each other. Just don't do it. And I have people that in relationships and marriages, marriages where people yell and scream, probably not a very good marriage because people who love one another don't yell and scream. God doesn't. It's a still small voice. So why I say you've got to be a good listener is because there's so much noise. There is so much traffic. There is so much just level of noise that's out there. I can remember years ago 
got a chance to go hunting in Colorado and uh, went out way out and there was no one out there. I remember when I got out there, I thought, wow, it's quiet. I mean, I, I was a little unnerved because it was so quiet. I mean, there's nothing but the wind and the birds and the and the, the sounds of nature. And it was just like, is nearly eerie. I'm so used to hearing so much noise for being in the city. And uh, it took a while for me to sort of get, okay, this is not weird. But it's so important for us to recognize that we've got to learn how to quieten ourselves. In the midst of turmoil, in the midst of problems, in the midst of all kinds of issues, we've got to learn how to tune out the noise and tune in the Spirit. We've got to learn how to do that. And so that's why I call this as one of these very, very important issues. This Mark 1.35 passage, it said, In the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. Luke 5, 16, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Luke 6, 12, it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain and prayed and continued all night in prayer to God. Okay, if Jesus modeled for us what to do and how to do it, then pretty clearly we need to understand how we have to learn how to pull away, draw away to be with him. So personally, I think it's important to develop a personal time with God. I think you need you, I think it's best to do it the first thing in the morning. God is first, and He wants us to seek Him first. Seek Him, seek His kingdom. And I think it's the best in the day to try to get up and to spend time with God. I think you have to find a place, and I think you need to dedicate a time. How do you do that? You have to plan the night before. If you don't plan the night before, you'll never make the next day. So you've got to determine that this is important. I'm going to, I'm going to pull away and spend time uh, wherever. You've got to find that place. Um, you know, whatever it is, you're going to have to find some place. Uh, I remember when our children were young, it was so hard to get up in the morning before they did. I mean, it seemed like that if, if you moved, they woke up. And it's just like, wow, that was very difficult. Um, so I tried to use the night time to spend time and pray. Uh, that's hard. That's really hard to do. Uh, as they got older, you know, it was not as big a problem. Uh, but all kinds of time, I was, uh, I love getting up in the morning and first thing, spending time with the Lord. And when I talk about that, I'm not talking about doing the same thing. Sometimes I pray, sometimes I pray in the Spirit. Sometimes I read the Word. Sometimes I'll read a book. Sometimes I I worship. I'm not a real. I'm not. I don't sing real well. But sometimes I do that. It's just different things. I don't get into a rut. Uh, a relationship doesn't get in a rut. Relationships are dynamic, and, and so there's different things that you do in a natural relationship. And same thing it is with God. But anyway, I, our son was young and he was uh, playing tennis, and the tennis coach had gotten this. Uh, indoor court, the only time he could get it was at 5.45 in the morning. And my wife came and said, oh, we need to start taking our son to uh, tennis at 5.45 in the morning. I, I go, no way. Uh-uh. Not doing that. I'm not. Nope. Not doing that. We're not doing that. She said, well, I'll do it. I go, oh, no, you're not doing it. I said, okay, I'll take him. I was upset. I was not happy camper. I thought, you know, it's going to ruin my time. I got to drive him about 20 minutes, and then I'm going to 
how am I going to get back and get back? It, it, it goes for about an hour. We'll be in traffic. I was just, I was just really not in a good place. I was not happy, but I'd going to do it. So I got in my car and this is in the winter. So it's cold. So I took him down there and I passed a 7-Eleven on the corner as I was driving down the street to drop him off at the tennis courts. I thought, okay, I'll just stay here. I'll go back, get a cup of coffee, come back and sit in the parking lot. That's one of the, my best times I ever had with the Lord. And it was one of those times where I've got nearly an hour alone in my, in my car. And if it was cold, I turned the motor on, turned the heater on. If it was, you know, if I got too warm, I lowered the window a little bit. Nobody was there. It was just me in the car with the dome light on, reading the Word, worshiping, praying God. It was one of the most special times I've had with God. And so I just encourage you, find, develop, find something, find your time, do something, create something. You will be benefited by whatever time that you give to seeking God. And so that's why this is the another foundational issue. The fifth thing is develop relationship. You've got to develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit. When you recognize that it's the Spirit that's speaking to you, you're going to have to figure out how do you develop a relationship. Let me ask you this. How do you develop a relationship with anybody? Takes time. Takes effort. I mean, you're going to have a relationship because you just go, let's have a relationship. That's not going to be a relationship. It's going to take effort and energy. It's going to take listening. It's going to take not just expressing your will, expressing what you want. It's going to, it takes any kind of a relationship. It's going to, it's a dynamic. It's going to have both parties are going to have to participate. And this is going to take time. It's going to, you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to hear. When a mother has a child, it's unbelievable how the mother can hear the cry of their baby. And I, I, I have to be honest with you. I've heard babies crying all, the, and a mother will know right off if it's their child and if there's really a problem. And it's like, how do you know that? Listen, they've tuned in. And this is what God is calling us to do too. He wants us to develop intimacy with the Spirit. He wants us to learn how to develop this. He wants us to learn how to be sensitive to the Spirit. Uh, another one of my stories, I was um, asking one day for the Lord, I said, Lord, I need wisdom. And I felt like the Lord said, you're not asking for wisdom. And of course, I want to argue with the Lord. Oh, yes, Sam, I'm spiritual. I'm asking for wisdom. He said, no, you just want to know how it's going to turn out. Uh, yeah, well, really, really, you're right. That's all I want to know. And then, I, then came to me was a passage of Scripture. Is that the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. It's in Proverbs, the one I was thinking of. And I thought, okay, thought about it for a while. Better go look that up. And I looked up the scripture reference again. I'm, if you want to know and hear God, he's going to speak a lot of times from his own vocabulary. So I went to this passage and I was reading it and the Lord spoke to me and said, why? Well, when God asked me a question, it just seems like that the answer just sort of just explodes in me. And I thought, you know, we were, I hate to say it, but we get so religious. We want to make everything such a big deal. The reality is, if you seek me, 
which is the fear of the Lord, is not being afraid of God. It's a reverence, and it's, it's asking, Lord, what about this? What about that? What do you think on this? What, what is your opinion on that? If we respond, and again, we're, we're, we're wanting to really know so we can obey. If we really want to know, then that's wisdom. It's understanding. I thought, wow. You know, we, we, we have a tendency to make things so complicated when God's saying, no, no, it's just as simple. You want wisdom? Seek me. You, you really want understanding? Seek me. Ask me. So when I say developing intimacy with the Holy Spirit, what I'm talking about is learning how to develop a sensitivity of prompting to the Lord. You know, when you go to the grocery store, you know, I've had this actually happen. I've reached for something on the shelf and I had a, a something happen in me that I felt a reservation. And I have gone on and bought that particular item and found out later that, you know, that was the Lord. Especially when I was throwing up after eating that, I realized, mm, that was God trying to tell me not to get that. I've, and I'm, I'm not talking about going to the store and saying, oh, Lord, should I buy green peas? Or should I buy green beans? Or should I buy pinto beans? No, I'm not talking about being silly. I'm talking about sensitivity, developing a sensitivity to the Spirit. Driving your car. You need to Lord, I'm, I'm driving. I want you to help me, guide, guide me, direct me. Maybe I'm not supposed to go the same way I've always gone. So it's learning how to continually check into the Spirit. Learning how to, you start doing something and you all of a sudden get that little, uh, well, maybe I'm going, okay, Lord, what am I doing? What am I not supposed to do? I mean, how many times have you left home and you knew you forgot something, weren't gone very far, you realized, I forgot something. You know, people say, well, it's just your conscience. No, it's the Spirit of God trying to communicate to you. So I want to pray for us. I want to pray that God will help us to really develop a foundational place of really hearing Him, but He does want to speak to us. So Father, we love you. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you that you want to speak to us. I pray, Lord, for every one of us that you'd help us to really see you as you really are. And I pray you'd be a people that would just set aside time to spend time in the Word, spend time in worship, spend time in prayer, spend time relating to you. And I'm asking you to help us to develop a sensitivity to you, to your promptings. Lord, we love you, and we know you love us. You loved us first. So I'm asking you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to help us, guide us, direct us, and lead us so that, Lord, that we can hear your voice better. So I pray for everyone that's listening to this. Lord, I pray you'd open our ears, open our hearts, so that we could not only receive you fully, but we could know you, and that, Lord, that we would really fine-tune so we could hear your voice. Father, we love you. We bless you. We just thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymore.org.